Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week, we have an amazing guest. His name is Cash Memphis. Now, Cash is a Christian rapper. He's an artist. He's an entrepreneur, author, branding strategist, and he's also a label owner. Cash is from Nashville, Tennessee, and he lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He also has been in the military for 14 years. He's been a pastor. So he's kind of done a lot of things. But the great thing about his story is that he didn't get to the point where he became a label owner or an artist until he had finished with his career. And he is working on a dream that some people start early in life, but he's working on his dream now. And it's amazing to see how this dream has evolved. So to find out about Cash and to hear how he found God and how his dreams have evolved to be a Christian rapper, you have to listen to his story. So here is the story of Cash Memphis. Hello, Cash. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Finding God podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful today. How are you doing today, sister? I am doing amazing, and I am so excited to have you here on the podcast with us. I've heard a lot about your story, and I can't wait for the listeners to hear everything you have to say about how you found God. Well, amen. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so pleased that you invited me, and I hope you heard all good things. Um, no, because um, I'm, you know, I'm a unique kind of guy, but uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that you've allowed me to share my story with your listeners today. So thank you. You're welcome. And it's all been good things, so you don't have to worry about that. I've only heard good things. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so the first question I want to ask you is, um, just tell me a little bit about your childhood and where did you grow up? 
So in order to know cash now, that's a good place to start, right? You know, you got to go dig into the childhood. So what I like to tell a lot of people that, you know, that many people understand about me today is that um, I grew up in a very broken childhood. Um, and that's not to say I grew up um, in a bad family, yeah. um, but to grow up in brokenness um, sometimes often suggests that God has chosen us for a specific purpose and that he allows us to go through certain things. And so my childhood is, um, is or was a lot um, like many of us today where we're struggling to find ourselves, um, where we're taking in new things every day, we're growing and, you know, it's like new experiences. And so as a child, I really experienced a broken childhood because not a, because of the experiences that I had, but how I dealt with them as well. So, right. So it, it's uh, the personal responsibility of being a kid. And so to know what I stand for today is really, that's the starting point based of who I am is, is if I had to put it in one word, it would be brokenness. And it's interesting that you say that because a few weeks ago, I have another podcast and it's called Music and Therapy. And I talk about different things and how they affect your relationships. And a few weeks ago, I did a podcast on um, childhood trauma. And it's amazing that you don't, people don't realize that when you grow up in certain situations, and you've experienced brokenness or trauma in your life, how it follows you throughout your adult life. You know, some people are just like, oh, they're just kids. Kids get over things quickly, which is slightly true, but it's not like completely true. And especially if kids don't have like therapy and counseling, because I know back when we were growing up, counseling and therapy was not something that was talked about. It's like you got spanked, you got in trouble, you know, all this stuff happened. And regardless of what experience happened to you, they'd be like, Stop crying about it. You'll get over it. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. But no one realized the effect that it had on us as we got into our adult years because it's hard for you to get past certain things in your life without counseling or without talking to someone about it. So, yeah, I, it's amazing that you said that because that is so true. And it happens to a lot of people throughout their childhood. You know, when we when we grow up like that, that, that kind of was our counseling session, right? Yeah. You know, uh, we separate our generations by saying, well, my generation, we could still put hands on you, right? Like you can't, you, you know, you got discipline laws nowadays. People don't know that. But, um, you know, I, I equate part of that to, you know, it's like they, when you say they get, they get through it quick or they get over it quick, you know, I, I totally agree with you in that. And I would say that they, they, it happens quickly, but you spend the rest of your life trying to get over it. So true. So true. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, you know, me as a kid, I'm growing through that brokenness. And then that that seems to be a repeated part in my life, you know, that word. So yeah, that's that's where God allowed me to be. During that time, did you have any introduction to God as a child? Were you was your family religious? Did you go to church? Like, how did that fit into your life at that time? So when I, when I talk about that brokenness, let's say I, I use it in the context I think of as a teenager, because that's where I started really getting into trouble. 
mm-hmm. but when I was when I was a kid, I came to Christ when I was ten years old at a Christian um, denominational camp. It was a Baptist camp, but you know you go to camp and. Yeah. You know, at the last evening, everybody goes up to the altar, and I'm like, man, I'm so intrigued. I'm like, you know, I've got to have that thing they got, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to. I don't want to walk up there and get it. That means I'm like everybody else. Right. So I'm like saying to myself, man, you know, I don't like doing nothing like nobody else. And sometimes I think that's what set the stage for who I am now because I've, I've always done it differently. I've always, I've been chosen differently. I've been activated differently. I do everything differently. And God calls us to be that way. And so I'm standing there and all these kids are going up, right? Mm -hmm. And this counselor says, hey, man, you want to go up and receive Jesus too? I'm like, "Mm," you know, kind of thing. And he's like, he's like, basically he's asking me, you want to go up? And I'm like, I'm like, "Eh," so I don't want to go up, but I'm like, I want what they want. He's like, I get it. He's like, would you like to receive Jesus right here? And I'm like, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm, you know, I can feel the emotion now I'm going. And I'm like, so at this point I'm being set free. I'm giving Jesus my life at 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as I accepted Jesus, I'm like, okay, I can go up there now because now I'm good enough. Wow. And part of my life is like, you think you're always waiting just to be good enough. And when you look at that in your life, you're like, you actually feel as if you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was good, but it was like I was saved at 10 years old. And it was like taking a diamond that you just found in the rough and accidentally dropping it back in the dirt. And now you got to find that peace again. Now you got to find that resolve again because you're a brand new Christian. You go back into a trashy environment. Right? Yeah, that is so. And so now now the world's pulling at you. Right? Mm-hmm. You just you just dumped all your broke. You just backed the dump truck up with all the brokenness in it. At ten years old, you unloaded all your garbage. You pulled off, and it was like, man, this truck's cruising good. You go back into this environment to pick up some more trash. Except you're picking up other people's trash now. Mm-hmm. And so, it it was kind of in that brokenness where it's like. Now you know there's a savior, but now you're back in this entrapped prison of brokenness and environment, friends. And it wasn't a good environment for me as a kid. How did you eventually get out of that? Um, I don't think there's ever really one reason, but if I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the things... I guess what I would say is that I point to them as very valuable points. It's like the big things in life. You know that they make or break you. You're like, that was a turning point in my life. And how I handled it, I didn't handle it so well, or I handled it well was that as I grew up, I got involved with other 
people who weren't necessarily good or were good for me. And so, you know, it's just you hang out with the wrong friends, you're doing drugs and, you know, you eventually live a life of just being tapped out where you're like, I'm partied out like this. This isn't fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is at a young age. Wow. And so um, I ended up dropping out of school. Ended up uh, going to a place called Job Corps, which is kind of like reformed government school. I've heard right? of Job Corps, yeah. Yeah, so I went down there and I, you know, I mean, that was just me. That was that environment. And I fit in there well because it was like, I was different. I didn't fit in where I fit in. I never fit in. And it was like, so I come to this place and it's like, and ever since then, all I've known is nothing but culture. Cause it's like, I went to this school, I got my GD at 16 and that was kind of a turning point. And then it was like a little here, a little piece there. And then I, I went and did a trade school with job Corps, um, got back into partying and then I messed it up again. So you just have those ups and downs. But one of the turning points for me was when I joined the military. And so that really uh, changed my life. It made me a man, but it also brought in some more brokenness. Um, So, you know, military was a turning point that brings me really out of my childhood. And the fact that now I'm no longer under someone else's supervision. And really for the first time, I feel like The only person that's teaching me how to be my own parent, how to what they call nowadays adults, right? Mm -hmm. On your own. And and it was just like, I had a drill sergeant telling me how to do that. You know, and back then it's like, I'm your mom now. It's like, okay, Roger that, you know? So the military aspect of it is, is that it made me a man. So the next point of brokenness comes out of the church so and to know that to know that is to say that the military made me a man Mm -hmm. the military used me for combat for 14 years wow that's a long time well i mean i say combat 14 years but i was in 14 years um half of that was spent in other countries during combat the other half was spent preparing for combat right um and and just a couple key facts to know there's just that you know when i was exiting the military i broke my back jumping out of airplanes so there's some more there's some more brokenness so and then that's what leads to the church so at this point i'm being i'm i'm exiting the military um as a drug addict because I had become addicted to opiates Mm -hmm. and then um, got clean and became a pastor. Oh, wow. And so um, what I wasn't prepared for is that my expectations would have been crushed. And here's why. I had been through combat. I had been through many struggles in my life Mm -hmm. and God had allowed those to happen, but God had walked through those struggles with me everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And 
the context is that everywhere I was, he was there with me, regardless if I was by myself. Right. So I'm walking into my first church. I'm, you know, a newly credentialed pastor. And, um, and I thought, man, I had this picture in my head of the church being white picket fences and everybody loves the pastor. And the first three months, um, it was awesome. After that, like the last six, seven years was just, and I don't, I will, I will describe it by saying that it was spiritually, physically, mentally, everything. It was the hardest, most crucial time of my life because now I'm in the church and what I found out was is things weren't the way they were with with this expectation of love and understanding and grace and everything that's taught in the Bible and that Jesus sets you free and then you should act accordingly to the laws of God right this is the way a Christian could, should conduct themselves. And I wasn't acting that way. They certainly weren't acting that way. So it was, I found that love was replaced with manipulation. People talked to you when they wanted or needed something. Mm-hmm. They didn't really want to be set free from their sins. They really wanted money to feed their void, or they wanted something. And if you truly led people to God, if you fed the homeless, if you fed the needy, if you gave to the needy, I mean, you could literally go out and be Jesus to the world. And they'd still crucify you. You could never do enough. Yeah. So my my first church, they stopped paying me after two years. Oh. Un- unanimous decision. We said, we're, we're not resigning. God's not allowing us to leave. So we stayed there for oh. an additional year, not being paid, lost everything, moved when God allowed us to go on to the next church, got there. And, you know, to be a pastor, you have to tell them about your past and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, they knew my past going in. They knew about the, the um, military retirement. They knew about the drugs. They knew about everything. They knew about my PTSD, right? Yeah. And they used it against me. When I started growing their church. Oh my goodness. Eight months was my length of employment there. My first Sunday, there was 24 people. My last Sunday, exactly eight months later, there was almost 90. That is good. The church is not. And let me, let me say this for your listeners so that they understand because I don't want to alienate them either right. is that when I say the church I don't mean 
the people. That is the church. When I'm talking church, I mean the organization and some of those who just want to be a part of the organization. And they don't want to do God's bidding. They want to do their own. They have an agenda. And that's not how Jesus works. So when I say church, I'm talking about the organization because I think we as believers are called to our own mission. We answer, we answer for ourselves when we go to heaven. We don't answer for someone else. So when we get there, it's like we're responsible for that. So I found that the church organization wasn't interested in doing what the Bible has directed us to do. They used it against me. I got fired and lost it all. And lost house, vehicles, like friends, family. At this point in time, I was a pastor with with also a podcast and and I lost a national ministry because of it. The night I got fired, again, we see this brokenness. And again, you know, I was at fault too. Um, but I see this brokenness. I become so tired of who I was. Yeah. I didn't even like the name that was on my birth certificate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what that feels like, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'd I'd be better off dead. Wow. And I'm like, what what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, really. And at the worst time of my life, God throws this idea of this dream in my head. And it's like, well, when you ain't got nothing else, you start over. Right. So I'm like, what do I do now? I mean, and I'm, I'm just, I'm walking around this parking lot. And I'm and I'm so angry. And and I'm listening to all the old hip hop. And I'm just kind of freestyling and and I'm just letting all my feelings out. I'm like asking every question. It's like a conversation between me and God. And I'm like, I will give you whatever else I have left with which isn't much I'll let you have that if you just let me live my dream and let me do whatever I want but I'll do it exactly for you I mean sit at night walked away from it all I'm like Family is asking me what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm going to go do, I'm going to, I'm going to go be a Christian rapper and I'm going to go start my own business called missiology. And, and, and I'm going to travel the world because this is the image that I see in my head. And, and I'm going to go do it for those who have felt neglected and rejected and kicked out. And less than all of the 
people who claim to be real Christians who are leaders of the church and all they do is suck off of those who really need the help. Right. And so I took that fire inside of me, you know, it's like people might see it like NF or M&M where that light switch goes off. And I just mm -hmm. like, at that point in my life, I killed off the old man inside of me. And I'm like, I, it, that night I was 230 some pounds. Right. You know, it was like, it was killing me physically inside and out. Yeah. It was killing my family. It was ruining everything. And I said, man, this is the second time I tried this. I'd be a fool to try it again. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm going to go live. I'm going to go be Jesus. I'm going to go do this dream thing. Mm -hmm. And as we're talking, two years to Easter, I released my first song. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That is awesome. Today, now I'm not saying it's completely global, but I have at least one or two listeners in 62 countries in the world. I'm happy with that. That is amazing. Now, I know you mentioned something about how you started your ministry. I think it's missiology, correct? Yes, ma'am. Because you wanted to reach out to people who were broken, people who were rejected, people who felt like they were less than. And I get that because sometimes people think that when they go to the church, you know, it's supposed to help with all that and fix all that. But unfortunately, a lot of times it has the opposite effect. And people sometimes leave worse than when they came, which is not how it should be. So tell me a little mm -hmm. bit more about your ministry and missiology. And like, I know how it started, but I just want to hear more about it because I'm intrigued to see how you're actually reaching people who have been rejected, who are broken, you know, who are dealing with all of these issues and baggage from either their life, the church, et cetera. Okay. So, and, and this is really great because, you know, for all of you who are listening, you've kind of gotten a taste of this broken kid who, who has nothing to give back and um, experienced a lot of, of struggle. And we get to fast forward to today. Why is that important for your listeners? Because they need to understand that there is nothing special or important about me. Nothing whatsoever other than the fact that I now have a certain peace and that God can do it with anyone. Mm -hmm. The only, only thing in me that separates me from the rest of the world is Jesus. Right. And I like that you said that. Because that shows, like, how did you get to that point where you realized that the only thing that separated you from the rest of the world is Jesus? Like, what was that moment that got you to where you are now? So, I wanted to preface by saying that because here we are, two, two and a half years later, 
missiology is a reality on paper yeah. and as a business, as an LLC. But under that business, in that dream, I said, well, hey, I want to be an artist myself, but I need to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so two years later, I've, I've released multiple singles. I've released my first album. And on May 5th, I'm releasing, May 5th, 2021, I'm releasing my first single this year. That's amazing. Which has now won multiple contests and is actively being passed around Nashville, Tennessee, which is home for me. That's amazing. <laughs> Oddly enough. So, but in that company, Missiology, it's not about that, but let me, I'm trying to explain that Missiology by textbook definition, was built to help dreamers and those who are spiritually asleep awaken them to their kingdom purpose. What, is, what does all that mean? It's missiology is here. When I started this, I started this for you, you guys, right? Whoever wanted to be a part of it so that we could wake up people who have dreams and help them live them in an entrepreneurial standpoint so that's like saying everything that i've done over the last two years i'm sitting here waiting looking at my watch seeing when someone's going to call me to help replicate their business because yeah. that's what we're, we're making leverage for kingdom we're making leverage for hope we're making leverage because we love people and we don't want to see them die spiritually right you know when i walked away i i did that knowing that one day there would be someone who would say why won't anyone give me the opportunity you know yeah because my my whole life i feel like i've had very few opportunities and every single one of them i fought for right and I just wished that at some point in my life, they would be like, yo, I see what you're doing. Like, like now I know this is the mission I'm on. So now missiology in its licensing is a label, entertainment, media company, branding company, coaching company. And I would not be doing all of that had it not been for the most high right. i knew day one it wasn't about me so i've never done it for me but at some point <clears throat> god spoke something into my life and upon face value with the business mind and a business heart of god mm -hmm. At face value, I took it serious enough to invest what I had left at that point, which was my heart, and that's all I had. And I believe that God is calling people who are that hungry, that are willing to sacrifice themselves on, on that cross that he did for him and to live out their purpose. I'll lead a group of dreamers. I don't care how group, 
how big the group is, but people need to start living their dreams. And I'm going to provide opportunities for people wherever I go with, without guarantee. But it's to say you've got to be hungry enough to get it. And I have a striking thought that if Jesus were to come back and say visit us, the first place he would be is in the street, not in the church. You know, every day of my life, I wake up with a dream. Um, and, you know, it's like right now, I'm preparing for a new podcast uh, to drop right around the same time as the new song. Um, and that's called Cash Flow. And it's about my journey as a dreamer in the industry of music, the industry of life. So I'm going to be giving all my tips and advice on there about how to get your all stuff banging and you know i'm dropping a book this summer about my military time mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to be called between combat and across so i urge any of your people if they're interested and even if they just want another mind and they want a coach to just say hey i dig what you're doing sometimes you need that you hit me up i mean it's not it's not free. Nothing ever is except for our relationship with Jesus. Right. That's the, but, but it still is an investment, right? You only yeah. get what you're willing to invest. So, um, you know, if you're willing to invest in yourself, um, I just challenge your dreamers, your sleepers, even hit me up. Um, you know, you can email me, DM me, whatever. I'm, I'm a pretty open person, dude. And I just want to, I want to see you succeed this year. And I definitely want to see you get to dreaming and accomplishing that dream. That That's so Cash true. Memphis in a nutshell. I'm a dreamer. I wake up crazy every day for Jesus. And he tells me what, what to do. I mean, I got a schedule. It's not like hearing a voice every day. I'm following him and God is great. He's taken me from nobody and he's kept me as a nobody. And I'm proud to be a nobody for somebody. So what advice would you give to someone who is looking for God but don't exactly know where to start to find him? There is no substitute for Jesus. If he is hitting your heart like that and you're like, I got to find God, he's right there with you. He's right there with you. Yeah. He hears you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he cares about your spiritual well-being. Yeah. He, he, he cares about your family. He cares how much bread you have. He cares about the number of hairs on your head. Mm -hmm. And he's right there waiting for you to say, Father, I screwed it all up. And I need you to fix it for me. How, how, well, how can I fix it for you? Well, Lord, here's how he can fix it for you. You've got to give him everything. Like when you don't know how to drive the car, you got to yeah. give him the keys. I like that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Cash, for taking the time out to talk with me. I really enjoyed hearing your story, and I know that many people are going to be touched and understand where you're coming from, because I'm sure a lot of us are exactly where you are and where you were back then. So thank you, thank you so very much. It's my pleasure. And to all your listeners out there, you know, thanks for welcoming me to part of your family for just a little while.
Oh my goodness, wasn't that such an amazing interview? My favorite part of the interview was when Cash was talking about how he was a kid and how he went to that camp. And he felt like he was not enough. And the reason it resonated with me is because so many times in life we think that we are not enough. I remember when I was younger and I would always say, well, you know, I'll come to God when I've stopped doing this or when I'm perfect or when I did this because I also felt like I wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough to come to God. But the great thing about it is that you don't have to be good enough to come to God. You can just come as you are. He loves you whether you're perfect. He loves you because he knows you're not perfect. God just loves us. And I just find that to be so comforting and so amazing. The song we're going to listen to today is called God Walk, and it's a song by Cash Mantis. So here's the song, God Walk. Poetics, bring the drums in. for being a guest on Finding God. I truly appreciate his willingness to come on the show and talk about his life and how he found God and also what he's doing with Missiology and his new release. So thank you so much, Cash Memphis, for being on the show. I also want to let you guys know if you want to get in contact with him, I will have all of his information in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on the link so that you can get in contact with Cash Memphis. And I'm also going to have all of my social media information in the show notes as well. So if you want to get in contact with me or if you want to talk to me about how you found God, just go ahead, click those buttons or click that link and you will get in contact with me and tell me. Let me know if you want to be a guest on the show. Let me know if you just want to talk. Whatever it is, I am here for you. And so let me know what you want to talk 
talk about. I would also like to encourage you to share this podcast with a friend and don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, I think that's all for now. If I think of anything else, I'll just go ahead and put it on our Facebook page. But until then, have an amazing weekend, an awesome week, and remember, God loves you.